Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention, along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Well, welcome to a very special Frankie Sense and More. Today we have with us a producer, director, writer, and one of the actors from the movie, The Wisdom Tree, as well as the Good Radio's own movie correspondent, Brent Marchand. Sunil Shah, Renu Vora, and a little bit later, Sheetal Chef will be joining us. But it was Brent who first brought my attention to the film, The Wisdom Tree, and his review of it on the Good Radio Network website piqued my interest. As a metaphysical hypnotherapist, animal communicator, past life regressionist, the blend of science and mystery and Eastern philosophy that occur within the film themes are ones that I personally find appealing. And with Brent's enthusiastic uh, review of the topic, we, we thought, you know, maybe instead of bringing you this week's movie review, that we would actually bring the movie experience to you. Uh, with us today, Sunil Shah is the writer and director of the film. He was born in India and now lives in San Francisco Bay Area. He left a well-established career in technology a few years ago to pursue his passion for filmmaking. And in this, his directorial debut of a feature film, uh, he was able to weave his 20-plus years of studying philosophy, mysticism, and science into a film that questions reality in a way that doesn't put his audience to sleep. So well done on that. Renu Vora is a film producer, editor, user experience designer who co-produced The Wisdom Tree, and she has worked with numerous artists and technicians spanning three continents. In addition, she's edited over 20 films, which also include this feature film, and promotes and corporate films and for over 10 years she has worked in the graphic arts and visual design and multimedia expertise to a variety of clients including entertainment networks and tech companies we all know Brent. He comes on every week or every month, I should say. He's the author of three three books on consciousness and we welcome all of you to the show today. Hello. Thank you, Frankie. Yeah, so nice to have you. It's, it's really um, a wonderful film. I want to congratulate you on that. And uh, Thank you. really, really deep, heavy, fun topics. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Uh, that's true, but um, I- I'm glad that you liked it. And uh, 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 th- that's good to know. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's an interesting film. Uh, it tries to cover a lot. Uh, uh, it's a different film, I would say, in, in uh, every aspect. But yeah, we will discuss more about it. <laughs> it, it. Well, it definitely covers. It definitely covers a lot. Um, so, well, you know, you have this passion for filmmaking. You worked in, in you know, um, tech for many, many years. What, what was the time right just now for you to make that move? And what was your motivation for making the film? Uh, yes, yes. I've been. I, I'm an engineer, and I've been involved with tech companies or uh, with technology for many, many years. Uh, having said that, I've been passionate about two things. One is filmmaking uh, as an art form, mm-hmm. uh, and second thing is uh, science, mainly, mainly physics and uh, Eastern mysticism and spirituality. So it was just purely out of passion. I've been reading and understanding and. Uh, try to grab every book I can get my hand on and uh, 
uh, it was a passion. So, and at one point I realized, I felt strongly that there are some interesting parallels between modern science, particularly quantum physics and Eastern mm-hmm. mysticism. Uh, and a lot of people are not aware about it. There are some good books, great books written, but still vast majority of audience or people out there are not aware about it. So it just happened coincidentally. I combined my passion of filmmaking, uh, but the idea was to take this message to as wider an audience as possible. Uh, And I thought instead of a documentary, which could be similar to a book rather than having a documentary. If I go about creating a fiction with real characters and how their lives are impacted when they face this uh, ultimate truth or or the true nature of reality when they face. uh, And that was the main motivation. And uh, I think I would say that was the only motivation, spreading the word, spreading the message. And uh, that... Uh, I know Brent Brent has a question about that Brent yeah well I was really amazed at how well that the the, the two disciplines were so seamlessly work, work together between science and mysticism and it's almost as if um, you know they they come across like two sides of the same coin um, and I think that's really important and, and and this film really gets that point across so well was there anything in particular that you felt you needed to do in order to be able to bring that kind of seamless um, blend together to make it accessible and also understandable by the audience? Yes, that's that's a good, great question. It was a huge challenge. I mean, to to build characters, to build a story, and and to bring in science and art and music and mysticism, all these different aspects and to make sure that uh, there is no injustice to any one of them, be it science or spirituality or mysticism. So and, and in, a, in, a, in a two-hour film, that's that's really a difficult task. Uh, I had to write and rewrite for many, many, many times uh, to arrive at a point where I felt uh, th- there is ample balance, the, at the same time, there are enough thing, enough things said. Uh, uh, there are enough things which are covered, and then there are things which are subtle and indirect. Uh, I didn't want to make it a very verbal film uh, where it explains everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was very critical that it becomes an experience. Yes, there is a plot, and there is flow of information in the film, so it needed dialogues and whatnot, but more than that, uh, an experience where when, when you leave the theater, uh, you, you don't know where you are or you don't know who you are. You start questioning yourself. Um, uh, so, so the film doesn't answer everything and there is no need to answer everything. It could put somebody on a journey or, or if they are already on a journey, uh, it can give it a boost. Uh, 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 and I think to come back to your question, yes, it was a difficult task for anyone, it, nothing specific about me, mm-hmm. handling these subjects and bringing them together. And there are enough people who who are not willing to accept the fact that science and spirituality can have anything in common 
or they could be, uh, as you said, uh, two sides of the same coin. So balance, it was a balancing act. Uh, uh, yeah. Renu, how, how um, you know, obviously you got involved with this project and you, and you were, you edited this movie, I believe. Uh, how excited were you? about you know the topic and the theme and did you think that it would that it would be something that moviegoers would go to um so you you know obviously i mean it's um i was very very um happy or excited thrilled to be part of something so amazingly you know beautifully um created project Mm -hmm. um i I am not uh, one of the niche audience uh, of this film, so I don't understand this. Um, uh, but I, what I saw was um, the, the 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 conviction, the passion that Sunil mm-hmm. had. Uh, you know, he 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 knew these subjects. He knew exactly what he wanted in terms of you know all the creative aspects of what he wanted to clear. He had a very clear vision. And most importantly, uh, amazingly uh, unwavering passion to make this happen. So I was definitely very, very, um, you know, excited. I'm truly, truly blessed to be part of this project. That's terrific. You know, where is it playing right now? Or where could people watch this movie? Oh, that's a good question. So, um, you know, we've, we we've uh, actually done a theatrical screening kind of followed a, a demand on theater model but finally now we um, so that was limited to where it would screen um, mm-hmm. that people from local place could go watch it but fortunately now we are at a place where um, the film is available uh, worldwide on uh, dvd uh, blu-ray and uh, digital hd so they could go to our website film's website which is the wisdom tree film.com the wisdom tree film.com yeah and uh, they can find more about it and as well as you know watch the film right from there i know one of brent's questions and my question if you don't mind brent i'm just going to bring it up because I, i'm curious uh there's quite a few books and texts that, that are mentioned in the film and, and that one book is is shown you know many times over i wonder how book sales will rise as people watch the film and i wonder if you're going to track any of that oh okay so all, all the all the books uh, or, or there were some journals uh, journals uh, in the in the film and they are not real books uh, they, they were just created by us oh, okay. uh, they, they were part of the script uh, uh, the book titles or, or journals and covers and everything was designed by our team uh, uh, so yeah to short answer is there is no real book so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they are not real books. Yeah, Brand. I guess it begs the question then. You know, what what book did inspire you to to do the movie? <laughs> oh, the the the, uh, the first book I would say I read probably twenty five years ago, twenty plus years ago was uh, Fridge of Capra's The Law of Physics. Uh, I think that was probably one of the first books which came out in nineteen seventies. Sometime he's a he's a physicist and he studied. Eastern mysticism for years. He was at Berkeley at that time, University of Berkeley, and he wrote this book. Uh, and, and then there are many, many amazing books. 
Giri Zukaus, uh, Dancing Bully Masters, uh, Quantum Enigma, I don't remember the name of the authors, but they both were professors at UC Santa Cruz. Um, both again physicists. Uh, so the, and there have been a number of books, I would say 30, 40 books, maybe more, uh, Dr. Amit Goswami's books. Uh, well, we're uh, going to commercial break, Sunil, so I'm going to stop you right there. Um, okay. Maybe think of a few more when we come back. But um, everyone, just stay tuned, stay close. We are going to come back with, with Brent, Sunil, and Renew. And in a few minutes, we're going to also meet Sheetal. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Heck no. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Soups are often included in healthy, low-calorie diet plans. But as with most foods, the calories and nutritional value can be very diverse. A typical bowl of soup has two cups and can range from 75 calories for a bowl of gazpacho to over 600 calories for some chowders. Research shows that mini soups are very high in sodium. When tested, the results showed that 99% of the supposedly healthy and light soups contain salt above the daily recommended level. When choosing soups, go for the broth and water-based varieties. In general, the more water a soup contains, the less calories. Skip cream-based soups that are full of fat. It is always best to order a cup of soup rather than a bowl. Keep your quantity small and your calories low. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. It's marching Well, the U.S. sure has experienced torrential thunderstorms, lightning, and flooding recently. Thunderstorms, otherwise known as cockeyed bobs, can be pretty scary. What's the fear of thunder and lightning called? Astrophobia. Years ago, Roy Sullivan, a Virginia Park Ranger, was struck by lightning seven different times and lived to tell about it. Lightning struck his head through his hat, set his hair on fire, and burned his eyebrows off. The current from the lightning traveled through both legs and blew his shoes off. The final lightning bolt hit him while fishing, and he was hospitalized for chest and stomach burns. Believe it or not, Roy Sullivan managed to recover from seven lightning strikes, but later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as a result of loneliness, otherwise known as azagophrenia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. And welcome back. We're listening to Frankie Sense and More. It's a very special edition. We, we're at the movies today, and we are at the movies with The Wisdom Tree, the writer, the producer, and and the director. And shortly, we are going to meet Sheetal Asesh, and she is the actor who just so beautifully played one of the lead roles in the movie. Uh, Brent, did, how about you start off with a question? Sure. It's, you know, to pick up on what you were just talking about in terms of the books that you inspired um, the movie, I was wondering if there were any other uh, films with metaphysical themes that uh, inspired you to bring this work to to the forefront. Good question. Um, yeah, so the films which I got most inspired by and Wisdom Tree is not on those lines, uh, are uh, the uh, they are very different than what the wisdom tree is about. Uh, but my inspiration mainly has been films by films by Russian director Andrei Tarkovsky, uh, 
uh, all these films are beautiful pieces of art uh, and spirituality is embedded in every film every film he has made he has made i think seven or eight films uh, these films have a very deep, deep impact on me i watched them first time probably 20 years ago and i watched them many many times after that uh, terence malick's work here in usa uh, tree of life uh, and his other films are definitely an inspiration again they are different the senses Wisdom Tree is very plot-driven sci-fi mystery, while this director's films are not so. But having said that, take film as a medium, as a as an art medium, not as a commercial medium, and then subtly make audience experience spirituality or wider truth, uh, or what is beyond our day-to-day day-to-day lives. There are much deeper things. Uh, Uh, so, so I would say my my inspirations have been uh, some of these directors and their their work. How long did it take to make this movie, Renu? Oh, uh, so Sunil can talk um, how long it took him to write the script, but I'll speak from the production yeah, from point production. of view. Yeah, yeah, from production. Yeah, so from production point of view, it took us about um, three years of um, you know. from the very early development stage to the pre-production and production and post-production so that was about 3 year, years of production and then about 2 uh, years of you know uh, theatrical distribution um and we are now here with the dvd <laughs> yeah well you, obviously you had to raise money i guess to unless you use your own money but <laughs> I mean, you still have actors to pay, and 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 yes. like you, you know, created books for the movie, and you know, fake FBI badges and things like that. Um, <laughs> what, what does a project like that cost? I know um, it was low budget. You did a low budget. Yes, ours was. Um, so the Wisdom Tree is actually an, a very ultra low budget. When you see the movie, you wouldn't actually feel it right. um, because of the quality of the production, the visuals, the sound. the music sound design everything acting or the visuals and graphics it's just amazingly beautifully done but it is an ultra low budget and of course we invested our own money but it yep. could have been done uh, in that so yes we uh, we had to raise the money and uh, that was that was a huge challenge to you know when we first started and it took us more than what we had anticipated so the whole cycle of filmmaking did um get uh, longer but uh, yeah it's it's uh, you, yeah sorry go ahead no no i just love the idea of you know independent film and and not having to follow a, a hollywood you know formula and so i was you know hoping to encourage other independent filmmakers but i was just kind of curious what kind of a budget a film you know even a low budget film uh cost to make and so i mean were you able well, to I'm like not- get cars from from car dealers for free like <laughs> so, <laughs> so so lot of people lot of people came on board um to help i mean um uh, we we are just amazed and humbled by the uh, you know generosity of uh, friends and family and uh, uh you know investors yeah. and cast and crew and the whole team people volunteered with their time with whatever they could you know yes cars did get uh, donated a uh, lot of things homes did get donated for nice. locations lots of things but of 
course, um, not everything came in as, uh, you know, um, yeah. as, so, so yes. And I mean, if you look at it, I mean, the film, um, it, it, so this film was about, you know, 32 days of production. Okay. About uh, 26 or 28 locations. That's like wow. really unusual for an indie film. We were like all going to a new location each day and there's like did you stay in california or did you go outside uh yeah no the whole film was shot in northern california so in and around san francisco bay area is where we shot okay Uh, yeah it's very pretty uh, thank you thank you yeah our uh, you know locations team and everyone did you know amazing job we we our goal was to you know um, how do we facilitate what uh, director Sunil's vision was, and which was mm-hmm. very grand, very ambitious <laughs> uh, for an indie? And then within that, so not only from the creative aspects, for but everything. So how do we, you know, help facilitate this within our uh, limited resources? So yeah, very good job, good job. Uh, thank you, Frankie. Yes, uh, we are very proud of the team. Everyone worked really hard really long uh, to make this, uh, you know, amazingly beautiful, multi-layered film. Yeah, it's difficult, and you did it, you did it well. Brent, I know that you have lots of thoughts on this film. Well, certainly, yes. In terms of speaking of uh, of looking just beautiful, one thing that I was really impressed with the movie was the quality of the special effects. Uh, They're not necessarily a huge part of the film, but what appears there is just stunningly beautiful and I would really love to see this movie on a big screen at some point because I've, I've only seen it on, on DVD so far but what I have seen is really quite impressive. Can you tell me, tell us a little bit more about what went into the creation of the special effects for the film? Uh, yes, yeah, sure. So the, there were two aspects. I would say three aspects. As you know, the, there were quite a few computer screens, so graphics were designed, some of them were designed beforehand and some after. Some were part of the post-production. Uh, there were a few visual effects, uh, rain and water in river and a couple of other things. Uh, and then there were a lot of animations and graphics. Uh, now we had, a, please keep in mind, we had an, an extremely low budget. We didn't have money to create all those things. Uh, you, would, you wouldn't guess that from the way it looked. It really it was really no. not. Yeah. No, no, uh, to, to elaborate on what Renu said, we, we virtually fought for every dollar throughout the journey for two or three, four years of uh, this thing. Having said that, uh, we were very sure about one thing, we'll not compromise on the quality as much as possible. So because we didn't have enough money, the only other way was to go around is let's take more time if need be. So we went, for, for example, some of the animations were created in Germany and Hungary. So I haven't met them even today. We, we, we are good friends. We talk over the phone. Sure. Uh, but but over the web, I found the best artists uh, hmm. who were willing to help us out uh, with, with our limited budget. So, and some of the... Uh, some of the post-production visual effects were done. We went to 15 different places for post-production in in Northern California, LA, Europe, and parts of it were done in India. And and as far as sound design and mix is concerned, we are fortunate, Lucas Films, uh, uh, they helped us out and we got their studio Skywalker sound 
for almost for, for many months, uh, uh, and and their talent, their Oscar Oscar level winner, sound mixers, and their great team. Uh, so. Uh, 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 and music composer, and I mean, we took ample time to find the right person. A, the 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 criteria was the person must have the qualifications, and B, the person is not part of the film to make money because there was no money. There was hardly any money. The person is there because of pure passion. The person believes in something and wants to contribute, uh, and that helped us a lot. I rejected a few people; they were good, but. I didn't find them to be the right match for this project. Uh, so, th for example, there were people who were supposed to finish something in 30 days, and we, we had committed some money for 30 days, and sometimes they came back after 30 days that if you give me 30 more days, I'll not charge you anything, but I, I want to improvise on what I already did. Uh, and there are many, many cases where people spend more time, energy, they brought in other people, they, re they got the film reviewed uh, by other experts and whatnot. Uh, uh, initially, our plan was to have post-production done in, I think, 12 months to 15 months. It took us, I think, more than 13 months, purely because of passion and uh, uh, and, and it just evolved. It kept well, I guess it says a lot about the two of you that you're able to get people on board who are, you know, who will donate because of a passion for a topic and a passion for, you know, even the two of you and, and the vision and a belief that something, uh, a film like this is necessary. You know, that a film like this is, is going to uh, maybe change, you know, people in, in a real way. We are going to go to a commercial break in just a minute. Uh, but we still have a minute, so carry on. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, that's that's very true, Frankie. You put it really well. Um, all these uh, amazing, uh, amazingly um, talented uh, crew and cast and everyone who came on board, you know, um, they they purely um, came in because um, they loved the script, they loved the concept, uh, and. Um, they they believed in the project and they also wanted to be part of uh, you know creating something that was so meaningful so thought provoking um, all these Oscar award nominations or you know VES award winners and uh, sure yeah so it's 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 been yes you you're very right it was purely and purely the script and the concept. We're going to go out on that note. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. We'll be <laughs> the Wisdom Tree. We're talking to the crew, producer, writer, and director, and actors from The Wisdom Tree. Is that all you got? Heck no. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. I would love to see you devote an hour a day to exercise. But did you know that even 30 minutes a day can lead to enormous benefits? The Mayo Clinic lists some of these benefits as being lower blood pressure, improved cholesterol and lower triglyceride levels, helps prevent and manage type 2 diabetes, helps manage weight, prevents osteoporosis, helps prevent cancer, maintains mental well-being by reducing stress and improving depression, and increases energy and stamina. Research has shown that simply walking at a brisk pace for 30 minutes or more on most days can lead to significant health improvements. By adding resistance and strength exercises two or three times a week, the benefits are even greater. 
So even when you don't have an hour for exercise, just moderately work out for 30 minutes and watch the benefits come to you. I'm Annette Hammond. It's There's nothing like a high-profile court case to grab our attention. My mother was a court reporter, and she would frequently share funny things that happened during a trial. An easygoing judge would often let off the Pop and Jays or repeat offenders. My mother would sometimes whisper to the judge, You'll never learn if you keep letting him off. Once in a while, the judge would reconsider and order the Pop and Jay to the calaboose or jail. The court reporter records everything, including funny and embarrassing statements made by witnesses. Here's a statement made by a defendant accused of theft. Did you get a good look at my face when I took your purse? What's a word for the natural tendency to put your foot in your mouth? Dantopodology. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. And we're back. Welcome back to Frankie's and some more. I am your host, Frankie Picasso. And today we have, again, the folks from the Wisdom Tree. We brought the movies to you instead of Brent giving us a review. We brought everybody here. And with us now is the actress who lit up the screen in this movie, Sheetal Chef. She might be best known for starring opposite Albert Brooks in Looking for Comedy in the Muslim World. But this stunning, beautifully, she's East Indian, American actress has become a favorite in the independent film world. She starred in over 18 feature films and has earned herself a loyal following. She's won three Best Actress nods in the festival circuit for The World Unseen and Wings of Hope, uh, with a former premiering at the Toronto Film Festival, where I live, and going on to win 11 SAFTAs, the South African equivalent to the Oscars. And in 2012, fans voted her favorite movie actress in After Ellen's Visibility Awards. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Sheetal. Thank you. Thank you so much. What a nice welcome. <laughs> you know, um, and I mean it. You you lit up the screen. I'm sure you light up the screen everywhere you go. But, you know, the movie's going along. It, it, it is a little slow at the beginning. <laughs> and then, boom, there you are. And everybody's <laughs> like, oh, now we're interested. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very nice. But I, I, think, I think it's more just because the subject matter is so rich that, you know, I think just kind of taking it all in takes a minute. You know, at least for me, it was like that. When I when I read the script, when I, every day working on it and then watching the film, it just, you know, you have to kind of layer it into you, I think. I think so. Sunil, like, like, I think I read at the beginning that it was intentionally slow. You wanted it to be slow. Were you ever afraid of losing an audience, though, with the speed of it? Or did you think that you needed that in order for them to grasp concept after concept? Yes, it's, I was worried. Yes, that's true. Uh, having said that, it was very critical. Had it been a, a fast-flowing drama, uh, I, I mean, there was no way to put so many things. There are so many. I mean, as I as I t- just told you that there are there are things which are very explicit, but tons of things are subtle, symbolic, indirect, and to to let audience. Uh, experience that it was extremely critical the way camera moves or the way it was lighted or the way music plays sound and music and and the way actors uh, uh, the way you see characters and actors on the screen so it was all done it was all planned and done that way and I agree it's a 
slow, but probably there was no other way to to to, to go around it. Brent. One of the things I was really impressed with in this film, compared to a lot of other films that deal with subject matter like this, is that you went, you wove in the concepts so unobtrusively. Uh, a lot of other movies, and I'm trying to get into some of these subjects, they end up having to do kind of like very awkward pauses to explain themselves. And with this particular film, I didn't really see much of that. It was woven in very, very naturally. And I think that's really important because that helps to, you know, get viewers more engaged. Do you want to comment on that a little bit further? Yes, sure. So the, 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 the one challenge throughout was uh, there is information, uh, there are these scientific theories and whatnot, which, uh, which uh, it was safe to assume that most of the viewers do not know about. Uh, but then if you start talking about them, uh, them one after another, it, it becomes a documentary. Uh, mm-hmm. So the idea was to give enough. This could be your if if you, if somebody let's say let's say someone is not aware about either quantum physics or Eastern mysticism or all these interdisciplinary possibilities. For this person, this is just one one. I mean, they would get introduced, and that is sufficient. I think it's it's just a start. It could be start of a journey. That that was the goal. The goal was not to make you an expert when you walk out of the film, and mm-hmm. and, and and throw a lot of things. In spite of that goal, when I watch it today, I still feel there are scenes which are really loaded with dialogues and theories. Uh, if I were to make it today, I would I would uh, you know uh, I would make it even subtler than what the film is. Uh, so there was a balancing act uh, at every scene uh, for for everything. Uh, and that's where the uh, film being slow really helps. It, it, it makes you think, it gives you those natural poses where the viewer could think for a second what the hell is going on. Because throughout the film there are layers of mysteries and there are more layers of mysteries and too many things are happening. So sound, music, uh, and all these things really help uh, build that where, where you are. Uh, one, of the, one of the viewers told us that thank you for trusting our intelligence because most Hollywood films, uh, sci-fis, they will control your mind. For two hours, they control your mind. They don't. They want you to think in certain way only. Mm-hmm. While the wisdom tree, on the other hand, says, hey, even we don't know the answers. Probably nobody knows the answers. Uh, you know, you explore. It's, it, it, it's a journey we are taking together, and you explore and try to find out. And uh, uh, we are absolutely sure. not controlling your mind. We are, we are just telling you something, <laughs> but there is no intention of converting you uh, into believing something. So talk about converting. Sheetal, um, when you mm. <laughs> when you first came on board, how much did you know about this stuff? The metaphysical oh, or God. the... Very like, little. I mean, very little. I mean, like, I mean, I was, I was very... I mean, I was always kind of intrigued by it and I had seen certain things, you know, read... You probably read The Secret or certain, something? Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> Um, you know, so certainly it's come up in conversation at a very basic, basic level. Right. Um, nothing to this extent. And so when I when I read the script, there was definitely a lot of just kind of unpacking and understanding, especially because my character 
seems to know more than most. Yeah, she <laughs> so knew everything. She, she, never, she never got like flustered. <laughs> She's like, oh, yes. Right. So there are different realities. Kind of, of course there are. <laughs> right, yeah. It was just kind of second yeah. like nature to her. So in order to kind of pull that off, I really had to understand it. And I can't, you know, deliver lines that I don't understand, period. Sure. You know? So yeah. there's a lot of... Um, a lot of questions and, you know, constant kind of just checking in with Sunil. And sometimes it was the same question a number of times, but, you know, it just took, took a while also for me to just kind of get it into me and, and layer it in and, and make it so that it would be second nature because it's a lot to ingest. Did you, did you know Renu or Sunil before the film? No, no, actually we met through the film. It's been such a pleasure getting to know them. I mean, we we met during the film and then, you know, have become and stayed friends and they're just great. Yeah. Um so who who picked you for the film? Renu, did you who 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 did the picking of the actors? Oh, Sunil, that was writer director Sunil Shah. So. Uh-huh. I I I, I um uh I want to add to what Sital said. Sita worked really hard. All the uh-huh. actors worked really hard, but sure. Sita, I remember, and and she was the most experienced person or actor on the set. She had like tons of films, uh, recognition, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but she really worked hard. She's extremely talented, and she was my first choice. I was nice. not sure. I was not sure uh, before we approached her that whether she would be interested in such a project, but. Fortunately, she got interested, and uh, and I had that little bit of fear that she has 15 plus films uh, behind her, and she's a well-known person. And uh, but absolutely, we absolutely each person absolutely loved working with her. She's an amazing person. She's an amazing actor, no doubt, but she's an amazing person. How did you find the script? Yeah, that's really nice. Really nice. Sheila, how did you find the script as opposed to other scripts? I mean, uh, you know, Sunil's first real film that he wrote and directed. Mm -hmm. So the the script itself, did you find anything uh, different or were you like, oh, this is great. I I love it. Yeah. No, no. I think, well, that's what attracted me to it, actually, is that as much as it was really a foreign language to me when you think about the content. Right. it was different, you know, and very challenging. And, you know, for me, it also depends, you know, there's different points in your life where you're going to be attracted to different things. And came at a point in my life, perfect timing, kind of, where I was looking to do something different. And, um, you know, I didn't understand it, like I said, but I wanted to. And I was fascinated. And the more I learned about it, the more I wanted to learn about it. And, you know, obviously that's one aspect of it. It can't be, obviously you still need the right uh, other things in place and Mm -hmm. the right team and, and, you know, the people to be able to pull that off. But, you know, after talking to Sunil and kind of, kind of having conversations, I felt more and more comfortable. And, you know, I'd worked on a number of independent films. I love independent film. I think there's something really special about them and Mm -hmm. like no other. And so I think there's always a quality of heart behind a project like this where everybody's doing it for the right reasons and because they want to tell the story more than anything. And so, you know, I find having worked in different level film and television, you know, mediums, whether it be very small budgets or larger budgets, that at the end of the day, um, you can find that in all of those 
different scenarios. But generally speaking, when there's smaller budgets, people's hearts have to really be into things. Yeah. And so, um, you know, everybody that came to set was grateful and interested and excited and committed. And I love that. I love that kind of energy. And so kind of all the misgivings of smaller films kind of fall to the weight to the side, because if you love what you do, that's what matters most. Absolutely. That's great. I think you you, you package that up very nicely. <laughs> <laughs> we're a minute to break our last break of the of the show. And then and then we're going to come back. But just um, think about this maybe while you're on break. As, a, as an actor for, for this uh, film, when you talk about the wisdom tree with people, what are you most excited to tell them about the film? Mm, okay. I have an yeah. answer for you, we'll talk, I don't think we'll we have talk time. about that. And Brent, do you have something that you want to bring up for when we come back to? I sure do. One thing that I'm interested in finding out about is, is the role of um, the, the topic of healing in the storyline. Mm-hmm. Good. Me too. Good topic. topic of what was that, Brent? Healing. Oh, the topic of he- healing. Oh, okay. Using the concepts that are that are explored in the film to help people heal themselves, because there's you know several characters in the film that are dealing with issues that need to be healed, both physically and psychologically. So, and we're off. <laughs> we'll be right back. Is that all you got? Heck no. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bill. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Counting calories is important to losing weight and or maintaining your present weight. But are 500 calories from french fries the same as 500 calories of celery? Prevention Magazine tells us that not all calories are created equal. Even though the celery and french fries are the same amount of calories, the celery takes longer to digest and will keep you satisfied longer. Studies show that food that takes longer to chew can increase your calorie burn, and the quality of calories might matter more than the overall quantity. Those who ate a greater amount of certain unhealthy foods, like processed meat, french fries, and sugar-sweetened beverages, gained more weight faster over time than people who ate healthier foods, such as fruits, vegetables, nuts, and low-fat yogurt. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. It's marching Here's some fun facts about noses and ears I'll bet you didn't know. Did you know your ears secrete more earwax when you're afraid than when you aren't? And generally, people with asthma have better hearing than those who don't. Now, here's a word for you. When someone gets their ears pierced, they're actually piercing their pinna. The pinna is the fleshy part of the earlobe. Did you know it's possible to sneeze so hard you can break a rib? That happened to my husband's secretary once. And according to research, you'll blow your nose 250 times this year. Scientists have also determined that the smell in your right nostril is more pleasant, while the smell in your left nostril is more accurate. By the way, twice as many men as women can wiggle their ears. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We are back. The, we're in our final final leg of, of this movie segment, a special edition of Frankie Sins and More. And we had a couple of questions that we were going to ask when we came back. And so, Sheetal, let's start with you. Um, when you talk about the film, Family, Friends, 
others uh, about the wisdom tree in, in your role. What, how do you explain this film to people? I mean, it's one of those things where I think, I mean, I'm not a big kind of let's explain the film before I'm trying to get see, get someone to see it because I think, at least for me, when I go to see something, I kind of just kind of don't want to know too much and just have yeah. the experience for myself. I think people end up coloring and putting their own uh, kind of point of view into a description even. Mm-hmm. But I think with this film, what's so beautiful about it is that it really it makes you open your mind up whether you want to or not. And so you have to kind of look at the world differently and and more artistically and more spiritually and more, you know, just with a lot more kind of um, heart. And right. especially nowadays, I think everybody needs a little bit more of that, frankly. Um, and so I think just kind of... I, I you can't help but kind of re-look at your life and the experiences you have up, up till now and then down the line without kind of applying what you've seen in the film to that idea or, you know, on a very small level, all the little moments that we've had of deja vu and right. um, coincidence and whatever you believe about that kind of stuff, this offers you um, a, a way of looking at it, a, a thought behind perhaps that or something to consider. And yeah. I think that leaves you with something really special and unique. I, I agree. And, you know, you can't unknow what you just learned. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you, right. you open yourself up for that. So the healing, Brent, where did you want to go with that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, one of the things that I liked about this movie is it presented so many different concepts that people could use in their lives in so many, many different ways in terms of how they experience life, what they want to do with it, and so forth. But one of the things that struck me as being most prominent is the idea of using these principles to help people heal themselves, be it mm-hmm. physically or psychologically or in other ways. Um, could you comment a little bit about that further in terms of... Um, the importance of that to the film, the importance of that to you and getting that message across to people? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so, the yes, healing, healing uh, again, explicitly and implicitly is a very big part of the film. So we have all this quantum physics and science today, cutting-edge science, telling us a lot of things which we were not aware about 100 years ago. And then Eastern mysticism and mysticism in general and philosophy and spirituality, it, tells us a lot of things, but what is the ultimate goal? Uh, so healing, healing both psychologically, as you said, rightfully, psychologically as well as physically are embedded in the film. Uh, without giving away too much, if you look at the three lead characters, uh, Steve, quantum physicist, is a close personality. He opens up as the film moves ahead. Um, FBI agent is is somebody who's also looking for truth. Steve Hamilton, physicist, is also looking for truth. Uh, he's trying to uncover, he's, uh, he's trying to solve some problems, uh, problems of physics. Uh, FBI agent is looking at things, but he himself has his own problems and demons he has to overcome. The third character, the, the third character, which is Shital Shed's character, is very critical for the film. Here is one character who is a scientist, who is an artist, who is a singer, as a, as a hobbyist. So there is art, there is science, and she's open to spirituality, in spite of being a scientist. So there was this confluence of three things the film deals with, which is science, art, and mysticism in one character. And she is the guiding force. She heals Steve's, she ends up healing. See, first time she meets Steve, she realizes the pain, the buried pain. She heals the FBI agent. But more importantly, she ends up healing everyone. By everyone, I mean audience here. 
CC ends up showing that path without again saying in so many words, he's the guiding force uh, where uh, I, I can't say much, but the last scene of the film where, you know, yes, th th there are ways and means where you can live without, you can live without materialism and you can have a very peaceful life. You can really, and if these principles are adopted across the world, all kind of problems would disappear. It's all greed and materialism. We all need materialistic things, but we are looking for way more than we need. And we have lost the concept of interconnectedness with the film Mm -hmm. Film says again and again, everything is interconnected, conscious and subconscious, mind and body, left brain and right brain. These disciplines, art, music, science, geometrical patterns, they are all interwoven, interconnected. We all are interdependent. But unfortunately, the way world is, the way, the way where the world is today, uh, people are moving away from each other and that is causing a lot of problem. And in the film, tries to portray those things and indirectly tries to heal, uh, indirectly it heals, uh, it helps healing those, those issues. Well, one other, one other thing I wanted to pick up in line with that too is, is the idea that this film feature, features the role of women and um, mm -hmm. the divine feminine energy quite prominently. Uh, and as mainly as a part to help bring about some of these changes that are very much needed in the world. Uh, the role of Trisha and even the role of uh, Trisha's boss, um, Dr. Cyril, uh, as opposed to the role of her other supervisor, Dr. Armstrong, who comes across as this very conservative, old order, male energy sort of uh, situation. Um, was that intended to be included um, symbolically to the presence of those characters in the film? Yes, yes, absolutely. If you look at the, all the female characters, uh, uh, even Steve's mother, uh, mm -hmm. a physicist, a renowned physicist, I mean, CC does a lot of things and she becomes almost philosophical. And it, it is, again, another trait the film has is you can become a philosopher or a spiritual person just by following quantum physics. Uh, because Ultimately, there's different paths. Science and spirituality are different paths to experience the same ultimate truth. But besides that, she's a very pretty strong character. Uh, Shital said, obviously, Trisha's character is the strongest. And as I told you, confluence of all different energies uh, and, uh, and, and other characters in the film. It was kind of... Uh, for thousands of years, maybe the world has moved in certain wrong direction. It's time to correct and it is being corrected, but it's still going to take a long time where it is still the, in our belief system. It is still there that mm -hmm. men are superior to women. And this was an opportunity for me to subtly that uh, my, my small contribution to subtly send that message. No, women are guiding forces. Uh, uh, they can guide, they can lead, they can think. Uh, uh, unfortunately, in, in the Western world also, uh, more educated or more evolved world also, in some sense, uh, this these prejudices are there, still there. Uh, mm -hmm. And we all have to work together to, to get out of that. You know, one way that, that I like to explain the connectedness is is when people have um, an idea 
if, you know, let's say you're watching a, a TV and, and, a, and there's a commercial and there's a product and you go, I had that idea. I thought of that, you know, and somebody else thought of that. And so I, I, I like to think of it that we, that we all can dip our, our, our finger into this world consciousness pool of ideas. And some of us will bring the idea to life and others won't. But we're, we're connected in that we all have access to that. Um, and yet, you know, some will take that opportunity and others won't. And, and, and I think that in some way that kind of shows how we can be, how we're consciously connected, but, but on that level. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. In, in that way. I mean, with quantum, quantum physics talks about subatomic particles and that, you know, how we create our, how we create our own, uh, reality. It's almost like being on our own holodeck, like on Star Trek. And, and, you know, our reality is, is put together by what we want to see, not necessarily what is. Yes, I was wondering yes. for, for Sheetal, this is, this is a role that's, um, that you said was so different from everything you've done before. Was there anything that you took away from having played this character that you've been able to use in your life personally? Sure. I mean, just kind of taking what I said before, you know, looking at the world with these kind of in a new way, um, with more kind of grounding but under it has been really great. And it's not something I've kind of left behind. I kind of now, when I see something related or similarly, I just, everything kind of perks up and I'm like, oh, let me read this. And I have a little bit more of a background to kind of understand things a little bit easier. Not quite, but a little bit. <laughs> um, and I think, and I think, you know, the experience of the film alone stays with you like you know frankie just said you can't know what you know and so i lived it and so a bit of that well, we got we got day. two minutes left in the film, and for, before we run out of time, I do want to thank Sunil Shah, Renu Vora, Sheetal Shah for coming on the, on the show today. Um, Renu, tell us how we can uh, listen, watch the film, or buy the film uh, before you go. And again, I think your it was um, your website was thewisdomtreefilm.com. Is that correct? That's correct, Frankie. Yes. Okay. Um, so uh, yes. Uh, Viewers can go to thewisdomtreefilm.com and they'll be able to um, buy the DVD, Blu-ray, or um, streaming right from there. Nice. Uh, the DVD and Blu-ray is also now available on Amazon. Oh, uh, so they can buy from there too. And very soon, uh, the streaming version of the film will be available on Amazon. Um, and uh, we'll be announcing that on our website and Facebook as well. Um, so yeah, it's going to be available very soon. Um, you know, I would say it's a very, um, you know, unconventional film draws from so many diverse disciplines. Mm -hmm. As you've heard, there's science, there's art, there's music, there's mystery, there's compelling human drama, there's amazing unconventional acting, there's yeah. unconventional sound design and music. And I would just say, you know, Go for the story, go for the mystery, go for science, go for and open science your mind. fiction, yeah. and open your mind. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks again, everybody. We have run out of time. Brent, thanks for bringing the movies to the, you know, to us this week instead of you know, just talking about them. And the rest of you, congratulations on a film well done. And thank you. I hope that thank you'll you. have many, many, many people will download the movie and watch it. Thank Take you, care. Frankie, and thank thanks for having us. Thanks. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. 
Tonight 